Hi, I'm Dr. Wamboi, and welcome to the Drag Chat. I think that the human body is intricately created, making us one of the most amazing living things on earth. In this podcast, we explore how the body works and then apply the drugs. My hope is that with this knowledge, we become better healthcare providers, whatever field of medicine you may be in, better caregivers to our patients or to ourselves. We do take medicines from time to time, don't we? All right, let's break it down. Hormone therapy. We start a new block. So we just finished with the traditional chemotherapies and now we go to a different block of hormone therapies. And so the natural question to ask is, what are hormones? Hormones are naturally occurring in our bodies. They are chemical messengers that are carried around by our bloodstream from place to place and giving messages of what our bodies need to do. Uh, usually they're telling our, diff- our, our they're controlling different processes like growth, metabolism, sexual health, reproduction, even our moods. So I looked it up because I was curious. I was wondering, I wonder how many hormones we have anyway. And we have 50 different types of hormones. I told you we were intricately created. Okay, so when it comes to cancer, some cancers use hormones to grow. So the cancer is sensitive to or it's dependent on these hormones to grow. And hormone therapy, drugs are used to slow down this growth or to stop the growth completely. Um, these drugs, they will work in one of three ways to stop the production. So the first one, the, the first way they will work is stopping the production of certain hormones, just completely stop production, no hormones made. Number two, these drugs could be working by blocking receptors. So normally the hormone has to bind to a receptor so that a biological response can occur. So what the drug does, it goes and binds to this receptor so that that biological response does not occur. Okay. The third way that these drugs will work will be by they substitute themselves. They substitute or replace the hormone. So for example, Estrogen is the one that's supposed to be going to a particular place. So the drug comes in and pretends to be estrogen. So guess what? Whatever estrogen was supposed to be doing doesn't happen because uh, it was replaced by somebody that's not estrogen. All right. So further to this, um, as we talk about these hormones, we are at the end of it, each, dr- each, each class, at the end of it, the hormones that we are affecting are either it's either going to be estrogen or testosterone. So for different classes, the, those are the two hormones that we are ultimately going to be affecting. So it's therefore important to figure out, okay, so how do they come about? How do we make estrogen? How do we make testosterone? And it all goes down in the adrenal glands. That is where it all happens, okay? So adrenal glands, are located on top of both kidneys. So remember, anatomy class. If you look at an, a picture of a kidney, the two kidneys, both of them are going to have a triangular-shaped uh, organ on top of it that is called an adrenal gland. So each kidney has an adrenal gland on top of it. Each adrenal gland is made of two distinct parts. 
There is the outer part that we call the cortex, and then there is the inner part that we call the medulla. So the adrenal cortex and the adrenal medulla. So the adrenal medulla secretes, which is a fancy way of saying produces, right? Secretes, produces. So the adrenal medulla produces or secretes two hormones, the epinephrine that you'll see sometimes called adrenaline and norepinephrine. And these are usually, these are your flight or fight hormones. So they're the ones that tell you, should we be attacking or should we be running away? Okay. So in the cortex, uh, the hormones that are made there are steroid compounds, and they are made from cholesterol. See, fat wasn't so bad. So, um, so they're made from cholesterol, and sometimes they're referred to as corticosteroids, obviously from the cortex cortico, right? And they're, three, they're grouped in three groups. There's a mineral corticoid, and the most important here is the aldosterone. There's a glucocorticoid. And the predominant one here is cortisol. And then there's the adrenal androgens, which are your sex hormones, which is where we are going to hang out. Okay. So when, let's now go further down and get into the adrenal androgens, the sex hormones, to see how these are further made. All right. So again, for the chat on these cancer drugs, we're going to begin at the cholesterol level. And at the, as the cholesterol moves into the adrenal cortex, they will make, two things are going to be made. The first one is dehydroepiandrosterone. Yes, it's a mouthful. And for short, it's D-H-E-A. And androstenedione. So those are the two. So we come from cholesterol and we make D-H-E-A and androstenedione, uh, and they are the two precursors in making testosterone. However, that androstenedione is made not only in the adrenal glands, but also uh, in the testes and the ovaries. And for this, you know, from one, to move from one place to another, you can imagine enzymes are going to be used, which will, uh, I will talk about them as we come to different drugs and see whether they are drugs that are affecting this um, these enzymes, okay? So for these two, uh, from these two, from the DHEA and the androstenedione, we can make, we can then make estron, which converts to estradiol. You'll see it in females. And it also converts to testosterone. Testosterone also converts to estradiol. Because I know we say testosterone is a male hormone, but females have it too. Obviously not as much as in men. And the testosterone in females also converts to estradiol. Okay. Um, I'm sure we are going to, as we move from class to class, we are going to be going over this particular conversion over and over. So it's going to stick. Don't, don't worry, you're going to see it again. But for now, let's keep in mind that DHEA and androstenedione, yeah, I better say that slowly, um, are the ones that will end up giving us testosterone and estradiol. Okay, so let's, big picture, let's keep that in mind. All right. So in our drug chart of hormone therapies, we are going to categorize these drugs according to their fun function or according to the type of hormone that is being targeted or both. So we're going to uh, start with the adrenal steroid inhibitors. 
As the name implies, adrenal steroid inhibitors. They stop, inhibit the making of any of the adrenal cortex hormones. Right? And there are two drugs that we are going to discuss in this class. There's the aminoglutathiamide and the mitotene. Let's start with the aminoglutathiamide. It works again in the adrenal cortex and it stops the making of the adrenal steroids. And in particular, what it does is that it, it, it inhibits at the point of cholesterol. It blocks the cholesterol from even starting the pathway to conversion to these hormones. So as you can imagine, cholesterol cannot get into the adrenal cortex. Therefore, no hormones can be made. And when hormones cannot be made, it means that the, the tumor that was dependent on these hormones cannot Cannot, uh, cannot grow. And you'll see aminoglutathiamide used a lot in the br breast and prostate cancers. Um, initially, like in the 1960s, when aminoglutathiamide was first marketed, it was marketed as an anti-seizure medication. And then that's when they found, oh, wait a minute, I think it also inhibits the production of the hormones in the adrenal cortex, okay? So it's had been used for that. Um, However, you will not see it marketed. It's marketed in very few countries. You will not see it a lot. It's possible in your um, practice for you not to see it because other drugs have come out that have better efficacy and have better side effect profiles. And also the fact that it's not being used a lot, right? So the side effect profile of these drugs, you will see of the aminoglutathiamide, you will see it causing drowsiness, fatigue, a skin rash that usually goes away after the first week of treatment and some mild nausea. Um, it's, it's an oral drug, so it's not IV or IM or anything. It's an oral drug and it's rapidly absorbed from the GI tract, the gastrointestinal tract, and it's metabolized by the liver and excreted by the kidneys as urine. So that's aminoglutathiamide, but then again, it's possible for you to never see it. The other drug is mitotin, and mitotin works by slowing growth or reducing the size of inoperable tumors that are found in the adrenal cortex. So any of the tumors that are found in the adrenal cortex that cannot be uh, removed via surgery, the, you'll give mitotin so that you can reduce their size or uh, slow down the growth. Um, so it works just like aminoglutathiamide to inhibit the secretion or the production of hormones that are in the adrenal cortex. And its side effect profile is very similar to aminoglutathiamide where you'll see the nausea, the vomiting, diarrhea, fatigue or lethargy and a skin rash and dizziness. Uh, so very similar in their side effect profile. Um, but it needs to be given under close supervision because this drug suppresses adrenal function so much that it can cause shock or severe trauma. And should that happen, then you'll have to give some exogenous steroids so that uh, before the body can start making its own steroids, you need to replace the, the steroids. So do not give the, you can only give this under medical supervision. So do not uh, fill the prescription and send it off with the patient to go and take it at home. So pharmacologically, the other thing about mitotin is that it's an inducer or enhances the work of cytochrome P3A4. Remember those enzymes from the liver? 
So mitotin enhances the work of cytochrome P3A4. So what does this mean for drug-drug interactions? So should you give mitotin with a drug that is uh, metabolized by CYP3A4, guess what? That drug is not going to be as uh, um, be as effective as it should be. Why? Because if mitotin is making CYP3A4 to work harder, that means that that drug gets gobbled up by cytochrome 3A4 and the efficacy of it is reduced. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, mitotin is also widely distributed, especially concentrates in the fat tissues. And it too is metabolized by the liver and excreted by the kidneys as urine, but also there's some excretion of it as bile. So those are the adrenal steroid inhibitors. They just stop the production of all the hormones that are in adrenal cortex, not choosy about which one. So it will as much as we are trying to give it for particular cancers and targeting estrogen and testosterone, these drugs are going to um, stop all the, ster all the corticosteroids from being made. Okay. I am Dr. Wamboi, and thanks for listening to this episode of The Drag Chat. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, and remember to share with your friends. Until next time, stay inquisitive. Bye.